The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that for us next. Big jab there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Oh, down goes Duffy. Oh, caught. Frank Mir does it again. Rock'em, sock'em, robots here. Oh, my goodness. Hyperbole. They're a couple of absolutely self-involved bull artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. All right, well, hopefully uh, we can repurpose some of that content that uh, was just so riveting in our little pre-show meeting there. Great to have you with us. Sunday, January 29th, 2023, episode 384 of the Anakin Florian podcast presented by DraftKings. So I went to the uh, Boston Bruins game last night, made the mistake of talking about the NHL's Boston Bruins on the Anakin Florian podcast. So uh, if you don't know, and we got out of there. You know, Cody's giving me shit off the air for leaving with eight minutes to go. I got a four-year-old. You know, it's a six o'clock game. We're doing the best we can to get him in bed by 10 o'clock, Cody. Um, procreate, Cody. Go after it. You know, go have children. See what it's all about. But yeah, Panthers four, Bruins three. The Panthers tied up with like a second ago. We were long gone. And uh, then they go on to win it in overtime. And uh, my wife thinks I lost $150. I lost 400 I never bet on the Boston teams, right? But I thought this was such a good spot for the Bruins, right? They've never lost. Well, they hadn't lost two in a row all year. Panthers in a back-to-back, giving up goals like it's just like open fucking season. By the way, the Boston Bruins right now, a little matinee today, I believe, uh, early evening at the Carolina Hurricanes. So the Bruins in a back-to-back right now. Ken Flo and his family, nowhere to be found. Not not supporting the uh, local outfit in Charlotte tonight, are you? No, not going to the matinee with the kids? That is, cor- that is correct. That is correct. I mean, I, I miss going to the Bruins games. Uh, yeah, I would, would have loved to gone. It was great to see you there, man. Support the guys. Uh, best team in the NHL right they now, right? They are. Still? And for you and me yeah. being in the southeastern pocket, Kenny, we can go yeah. see the Bruins now, and it doesn't cost a lot of money. When we grew up, it, I know. it cost a lot of money. And yes, I'm doing the whole show basically in a Boston accent today on a Sunday. <laughs> We're going to be also doing a show this Wednesday, which will probably come out Thursday with Bilal Muhammad and the General Safe Saud, head coach from Fortis MMA. That episode will not be in a Boston accent. That'll be more like the broadcasting voice that you're used to. But today, uh, we're going Boston accent. And uh, so you're going back and forth from Orlando, Florida for this PFL Challenger Series 2023 for the next eight weeks. Is that correct? That is correct. So now the next seven weeks now. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, one down, right? He's counting everybody yeah, at home, right? One Minus one is seven. <laughs> so I remember Bellator season one. And if you don't know, I got the call from Bjorn Rebney like three weeks out. Hey, we need an English play-by-play man. Ten or twelve consecutive weeks on the road. And I think more for you and me, that's like living more the, the life of an NFL broadcaster, right? right? But these shows, what you're kind of in and out, it's not that many fights. What exactly is going on? Correct. Yeah, there's uh, about four fights per night. Uh, you know, head in on a Thursday, back by Saturday, essentially. So that's nice. And um, yeah, uh, it, it's been great. The, the first week was awesome. Uh, you know, definitely found some great talent. Uh, one guy in particular, Thad Gene, uh, getting a win over a very tough Eric Aliquin. And Thad Gene's one of those guys, man. He, he reminded me of John Jones back in the day. Just still a bit raw, but it is so apparent that he is loaded with potential his physical ability his size at 170 dude he's six foot two and just jacked everywhere and so physically capable so fast so explosive his the body kicks that he were that he was throwing out there man he he is someone to watch only has what five fights now five and oh uh and man he is he's going to be something 
So keep your eyes open for him. So, dude, four fights and you're in and out of there? I mean, that is crazy. Yeah, no? it's I mean, great. Compared yeah. to some of the broadcasting marathons that you've been a part of for the UFC and for BattleBots, right? Yeah. I can't even imagine, right? Yeah. I mean, you get high as a billy goat, go call four fights, you know, micro dose <laughs> on mushrooms, whatever you have to do. Just get right through that four fight broadcast. My goodness. Uh, I mean, that really, funny. I don't even know if I'd shower if I had to go call four. Fights <laughs> so after the conclusion of these four bouts, uh, the four winners narrowed down to Thad Gene. And Kenley St. Louis, you can call him St. Louis. Nobody seems upset either way. Right. Um, but celebrity panel, Wiz Khalifa, Tyron Woodley, and number 52 in your program, number one in your heart, Ray Lewis, unanimously voted for Thad Gene. Fan vote yes. disagreed. They went with St. Louis. Tiebreaker yes. goes to the legendary Ray Sefo, and he gives the PFL contract to Thad Gene. It sounds like you agreed with Big Ray. Yeah, absolutely. Look at this guy, John Anik, always doing his homework. Yes, uh, Kenley St. Louis, who really was a 155-pounder, was there to corner Thad Gene that week. We needed a guy. He didn't make weight. They asked Kenley, who was supposed to fight at 155 pounds in a couple weeks. He's still going to do that. Wow. Was like, yeah, he's like, I train seven days a week. He's like, put me in. So they put him in. He weighs in at 174. There was a catch weight at 175. He comes in and finishes his opponent from Hooks at, Hooks at New Hampshire, by the way. Nick Alley, oh, shout wow. out to you, man. And uh, and, he, and he beat Nick um, by submission, man. So uh, very, very impressed with that kid. Wait, Kenley St. Louis is at a Hooks at New Hampshire? No, so the guy he beat, sorry. The guy, he, the beat. guy okay. he beat, Nick Alley, is out of Hooks at New Hampshire. And he came over to me. He's like, hey, I met you right after the BJ Penn fight uh, at Space Center in Hooks at New Hampshire, which is my How brother's place. And uh, he's like, I saw you and Kurt Pellegrino. He was like, I was probably 23 years old. So he made me feel uh, nice and old. But anyways, uh, it was great to see Nick. and and uh, But Kenley uh, was, was the man that night. It's amazing how you and I more often than not now are the oldest guy in the room. <laughs> and Cody, our producer, is from New Hampshire. He's absolutely right. New Hampshire catching L's left and right. But we love a good Nick Alley <laughs> mention on the Anakin Florian podcast. Yeah. So, all right, good stuff there. And, yes, absolutely doing my research. And uh, all of that is very big news, almost as big as these UFC 287 fight announcements. Now, April 8th, this pay-per-view is rumored to be taking place in either Brooklyn, New York, or Miami, Florida. Mm. Oh, come on. Can we get some Miami, Florida? Can we get a UFC pay-per-view <laughs> in Miami, Florida? Could yes. you imagine a Miami backdrop, right? I've always heard, oh, when LeBron James was playing here, you know, you got to bring Anderson Silva. You got to bring the right fight, right? So now you got to bring Jorge Masvidal and Colby Covington, Gilbert Durino Burns, bring the big guns. Santiago Ponzinibbio can sell some tickets. Let's bring this thing. Welcome to Miami. I mean, don't make me sing. Please. Can we get, yeah. Can we get this pay-per-view to Miami? All right. We don't have a location. Dateline TBD. But UFC 287, Kenflo, is going to be the rematch immediate between Alex Pedeta and Israel Adesanya. You can call it the second meeting or the fourth, whatever it is. Uh, it happens about five months after Pedeta took the belt in November at Madison Square Garden. And here is Alex Pedeta, 7-1 and one in MMA. Defending his belt against Israel Adesanya, who continues to just be an absolute workhorse. Your thought on uh, the big announcement that this rematch is happening and happening very quickly. If this is the right move. I think that that first fight, of course, the first mixed martial arts fight uh, in the UFC for the belt was absolutely phenomenal. Um, it was extremely intriguing, uh, exciting, back and forth. 
two of the best at their craft going at it, the way that they match up, the history that they have. Uh, it was a perfect first fight. Uh, now I think the rematch is very much warranted. I think Israel Adesanya, with the right adjustments, can win that fight, which would make it a trilogy fight, I think, after that, which would make it that much better. Uh, but uh, it is a tall task. Alex Pereira also can make the right adjustments and perhaps make it a dominant performance. So I'm really fascinated to see how these guys come in to this rematch here. Um, and it, it was the right call. Some people suggested that Adesanya would be wise to let this thing marinate a little bit after myriad title defenses and all of these championship fights. Not so much because of wear and tear, because there doesn't seem to be a lot of that other than the championship training camps. He hasn't been touched in a lot of his fights. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people suggested, especially when Robert Whitaker's fight went away in Perth, that, you know, maybe have Alex Padeda go try to get through Robert Whitaker and then have that rematch. But obviously there's some risk there, some decision making involved. Uh, your thoughts on Adesanya's decision in all of this to, uh, to turn around quickly and get right back on the horse and try to sort of right this MMA wrong, so to speak. And I think that's what it's all about. Adesanya does want to right that wrong. I don't think he's motivated by anything other than going out there and getting a win over Alex Pereira. I think that he is upset about it. He's got the money. He's got everything else. It's not about just keeping the belt. He wants the challenge. Uh, and I think uh, Pereira is that big challenge and he wants to go out there get the win i think he's still confident that he can do that he's motivated by that and i think that if you allowed Pereira to go out there and fight someone like a whitaker perhaps whitaker gets that win and he never gets another shot against Pereira. mixed martial arts is insane like that you never know so when these opportunities come up you take them and i think adesanya is absolutely capable of doing it and I think that if he's able to do this, not on, you know, I, I don't want to compare him to Muhammad Ali necessarily, right? Right now, a little too early to do that. But I think that coming back and beating that guy uh, in Pereira, who has been the boogeyman for him, could make him that much more popular in mixed martial arts. I mean, I, I can't even imagine for him to go out there and get the win by knockout. What would be huge for his career? He's already he was anyway one of the most popular champions in the UFC. One of the one of the most uh, paid champions in the UFC. Uh, this would take him to another level, uh, and I think would make the whole sport bigger and better. And Adesanya had essentially removed Robert Whitaker from the equation. Now Whitaker's never really removed from the equation. He's the biggest star in Australia, and. He's an absolute force in the octagon. We all know that, right? But if you allow Whitaker back into this equation, right, then you don't know what could potentially happen. So I understand why Adesanya is urgent and turning around. But I want to just read from my last pay-per-view open uh, in which these two guys fought back November. Adesanya is essentially headlined 20% of all UFC pay-per-views since he became the man. But perhaps more impressive is that he always wants to fight the most dangerous contender, so much so that he asked for this challenge from Alex Pereira, a man who's just 3-0 and in the UFC, yet beat him twice in a kickboxing realm. Tonight, Adesanya's out to prove that in this mixed martial arts arena, it's game over. And now here's Adesanya, five months later, again headlining a pay-per-view. And 
I just don't know that there's any more we can do to sort of um, speak about his value to the UFC. He's just always there and always willing as champion, as former champion. You're right. It's not about money. It's about legacy. It's about competitive drive and desire. And, I, you know, he could lose this fight and you could still probably lay a foundation for a trilogy between these guys in MMA, right? But I'm, I'm just so excited for this fight. I really hope it gets some Miami, Florida treatment. And, uh, yeah. It's really, uh, it's really very, very interesting to see how it's all going to play out. I, I, I think Whitaker, you know, could potentially be a backup. I don't know how those guys would deal with that noise, but um, yeah, very exciting things. All right, Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Gamebred Masvidal, and I think part of the reason why the Miami rumors are out there is because of this fight and the Florida tie-in to both of these athletes. But we've always sort of thought, Kenny, if Miami was going to get done. Uh, it was going to be a fight card centered around Jorge Gamebred Masvidal, who thrice turned down Gilbert Durino Burns in Rio and I guess other places. And uh, looks like on April 8th, it, it shall be done. How would you early handicap uh, Gilbert Burns and Jorge Masvidal? It's a great fight. I don't know what Jorge Masvidal is going to show up. I, I like the fact, I almost like the fact that we haven't seen him in a little while. I think it's going to allow him, um, hopefully... Uh, to get that fire back, uh, I, I hope that he's been training throughout this process. It's almost good because of his uh, crazy amount of experience that he had a little break from the fight game. Um, obviously, had some issues outside the cage and everything. Hopefully, all that is resolved and that's uh, you know uh, off of his shoulders. Because this is a huge challenge in Gilbert Burns, who has continued to improve, is continuing to gain momentum and confidence with each and every fight, and. This is this is a tough one. I think Jorge Masvidal at his best would still have a very tough fight against Gilbert Burns. So curious to see how fresh Masvidal is in this one. I think it's it becomes a less complicated fight if he's able to thwart the takedown attempts of Gilbert Burns and keep it on the feet. He's still not safe there, but I think that's where Masvidal is going to be most comfortable, obviously. Um, and if he can hit those counter shots and, and frustrate Gilbert Burns, then the, the fight can be his. But uh, Gilbert continues to evolve, continues to get more dangerous. And I think there's there's more ways for Gilbert to win this fight than there is for Jorge Masvidal. But Masvidal certainly can rely on a ton of experience. I think that's a phenomenal fight. <clears throat> Gilbert seems to be out the backside of the love to strike era of his career. And that's somewhat of a generalization because a lot of it's going to be matchup dependent. You're fighting Neil Magny. Mm -hmm. You're going to methodically take him down and try to get him out of there. But I think some people don't realize because Gilbert Burns is a former lightweight and because he got knocked out by Dan Hooker, right? Just the physicality combined with the technique on the ground, right? I just think it's it's a recipe for disaster for most guys in the welterweight division. And I think if Gilbert Burns is going to win a championship, he's going to ride his jujitsu there. And so I think in this matchup, you're going to see more of the same. Even if Gilbert thinks that he can beat Jorge Masvidal in a kickboxing match, and even if other people think that George has the best boxing in the UFC right now, you know, I think Gilbert's going to pursue takedowns, probably get it, and, uh, you know, try to fight that type of fight. Like, I think that's what we're going to see from Gilbert moving forward in almost every matchup short of fighting maybe Bilal Muhammad and some of these other guys. 
I would think so, and I think that's the smartest approach against someone like a Jorge Masvidal. However, you know, it's not going to be easy there either. Jorge Masvidal took on Damian Maya. Even the great Maya was able to take his back and wasn't able to finish there. Um, Masvidal has gone against guys like Kamar Usman, who is, you know, obviously one of the best takedown experts in the game. Um, you know, ha- had to deal with that. So I think he's going to be, um, you know, smarter in that regard just based on all of his experience but still a very tall task gilbert burns um is riding really high like i said and has some really tricky submissions man so i i think it's i think it's a great fight and can't wait to see who wins that one game bread very hard to submit historically and in theory he will be very healthy very motivated and if it's a miami backdrop i mean that's just going to be insane if masvidal's walking out with the whiteout in Miami. I mean, even for a Celtics fan, I can get behind that. Speaking <laughs> of, uh, oh, real quick, Kevin Holland and Santiago Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio, another guy who's local to South Florida. I think that's a really entertaining matchup. Valentina Shevchenko, Alexa Grasso, March 4th, UFC 285. As the lead into Cyril Ghan and John Jones for the Undisputed UFC Heavyweight Championship. So... To what degree do you think, in a broad sense, Alexa Grasso is competitive relative to past challengers, say Tyler Santos, Lauren Murphy, and uh, others who recently have tried and failed? You know, I think that's going to be really tough. I think Grasso uh, is is fast on the feet. She is much improved on the ground. Her confidence uh, seems like it's different. I, I think all the experience is kind of paying off now. But uh, obviously, Shevchenko is going to be the favorite heading into that. Shevchenko was just really big and strong for that weight class. And I think that's where Alexa Grasso uh, might struggle with the physicality of someone like Shevchenko. And that's the benefit of having so many different tools and, and you know, both technical tools and physical tools. Shevchenko is the full package. Um, there are times, though, where sometimes she doesn't let her hands go. Uh, she likes to analyze early on, and sometimes she can get caught watching. That's where Grasso can kind of perhaps take the lead, is be a high-volume striker early on, uh, and then start to pull away or at least not let Shevchenko play catch-up in those later rounds. Not going to be easy. Shevchenko's going to be a heavy favorite, and I think that's another good fight. Um, but, uh, you know... Grasso could challenge her in certain ways. I just don't know if she has enough of those technical skills and enough of the experience to do that. Very excited for her to get the opportunity. I'm not sure it could be coming at a better time for her, to your point, in terms of the grappling evolution. So we'll see uh, We'll see how she holds up physically, right? Sometimes you just yeah. don't know until they start dicking around down there to see exactly what type of physical challenge you're up against. All right, before we get to the front runner for tweet of the year that our producer Cody Merrow is not going to like because it does come after a uh, friend of the program, Michael Chandler, a little bit. <laughs> a couple other headlines. Conor McGregor struck while on a bicycle. And, um, you know, to everybody out there who rides a bicycle regularly, I know this is something that you're wise to and probably a little bit fearful of. And, um, you know, there's so many instances, high profile and otherwise, of people being struck while on a bike. And, um, I don't know. You know, it just made me think of, uh, you know, just so much loss and loss in the sports space. And I'm just thankful that McGregor has nothing more than a cut on his uh, on his rear end. But it's scary stuff, Ken Flo. Uh, so if you're out there on your bicycle, Kenny, be careful for me, will you? 
Oh, oh, I've I've been hit on a bicycle. I was about uh, what 12, 13 years old riding my bicycle. I was racing my buddy across the parking lot, and some car that was pulling out just struck both of us. Wow! <laughs> we both went flying off our bikes. But uh, so I've been there. You know, I was not injured, uh, thankfully. But something like that, where you know you're in the middle of the road and the sun is coming down, you can't see anything, and you're just zipping along, and all of a sudden you take out. A, a, a cyclist, and then that cyclist happens to be Conor McGregor. He easily could have been run over. He easily could have, you know, fallen on his head or his face, and then another car could have come behind him and run him over. There's so many horrible situations that would have come out of that. Yeah. And um, yeah, scary stuff, man. Uh, scary stuff. You know what's crazy is that, you know, you, you see some of these comments and some of the people out there. You know, I, I, I wished, you know, I, I wish Connor, you know, some kind of good luck or I'm glad he's OK. And someone came at me being like, dude, you know, like, I can't believe you're doing that. You know, yada, yada, yada. You know, these people that hate Connor that are like almost cheering for him or cheering against him that he got hit by a car or, you know, why am I wishing him OK? Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. P- people are people are kind of sick out there. But anyways, um, I'm glad he's OK. It's crazy, crazy stuff. It's another reminder, John, you know, especially in this you know crazy year where we've seen a lot of people around our age pass away. Um, y- you never know when it's going to be your last day, man. You, you, you say hello. You give your wife a, a kiss, your kids a, a kiss. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. You leave and you might not see him again. No. I, I mean, th- that's the thing. And, and again, it's Another opportunity for us to be grateful for the things that we have and, and, and that we're living and we're breathing. Um, but uh, crazy stuff, man. Well, if you want me to maybe throw out a take that'll be a little bit unpopular, you know, to anyone making a living in the mixed martial arts space, I would think I would owe some debt of gratitude to Conor McGregor, right? I'm not saying right? 1% of yeah. my success goes to that guy, right? Um, but, you know, the sports growth obviously is a big part of all of our collective lives and livelihood and everything else so uh i'm glad the yeah. man's okay and uh you know mma's better with him in it and i do think we talk so much about adesanya and the competitive desire and uh that's what's going to bring connor back and i just hope it's sooner rather than later um frank Mir's daughter bella Mir, if you don't know decorated high school wrestler in the state of nevada now wrestling at the university of iowa and she becomes the first athlete collegiate athlete to get an NIL deal from the UFC. Eating better has gotten a whole lot easier with Factors Fantastic ready-to-eat meals. These meals really are delicious. My daughters actually were fighting me for them just last week. These meals are chef-crafted, never frozen, and ready to go in just two minutes. The convenience and the taste value is absolutely undeniable. And depending on your preferences, you can choose from over 35 different options per week. That includes Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto as well. I happen to have gone with the Keto option. But whatever it is, your lifestyle or diet, if you are looking for fast premium options with no cooking required, Factor is the perfect solution for you. And we've done the math for you. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. And how about this robust offer from Factor? Head to factormeals.com slash flow50 and use code flow50 to get 50% off. That's code flow50, F-L-O-50 at factormeals.com slash flow50 to get 50% off. This is huge news. So NIL is an acronym for name, image, likeness. And basically, Bella Mir now has a deal and she will be uh, a UFC ambassador of sorts. And uh, this is very exciting news. 
obviously, if you listen to our show open, right, we have a Frank Mir call in it. And Frank Mir was one of the guys who, alongside Ken Flo, uh, auditioned when they were testing out broadcast partners for me back in 2011. He was on MMA Live with us. We go way back with Frank Mir. This is very exciting stuff. And uh, I hope this family just makes millions and millions of dollars. And Bella has an amazing career. You know, she's going to end up in the UFC, but uh, just very excited for uh for the mere family and uh and for bella obviously you got anything for us as a uh as a girl dad yourself pretty cool frank's the man dude actually we had a chance to talk to him and bella uh you know at one of the pfl events last year and it's great to see him doing well imagine you know not only you have to deal with you know frank Mir being her dad and, and passing on all of his wisdom and technique and then, you know, she knows how to strike. She's got striking coaches at a high level. She's wrestling at Iowa for Pete's sake. It's like, what are you going to do? These are the kind of athletes that are coming up now, you know, like legendary fighters, kids that now decide they want to fight and they have this whole dream team around them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't imagine, you know, the potential and, and destruction that she's going to bring into, uh, you know, potentially the octagon in the future. So that, that that's awesome to hear and excited to see her fight uh, at a higher level. Bella Mir is not publicly traded on the stock exchange, right? But if you were to want to invest in that athlete, right, this is how you do it if you're the UFC. And uh, don't get any ideas. She's not going to compete for the PFL. It's going to be uh, going to be a UFC fighter. <laughs> Come on over. Come on over. All okay. right. As long as Long goes on time here in a couple of minutes, we're going to get to him. I want to share some quotes from Alexander Volkanovsky on the Freestyle Bender YouTube channel just about his preparation and how he's feeling right now physically, but we have to get to uh, to the tweet of the year. It comes from UFC lightweight contender Armand Sarukian. I can't even say it without laughing. I sent it to Ken Flo in advance. I would imagine <laughs> Cody has ingested this since, wondering, having his curiosity so piqued as to what this says. So here's the tweet from Sarukian, who inevitably is, is uh, picking a fight, pursuing a fight with Michael Chandler. Hey, Mike Chandler. It's time to defend your rankings. Lowest fight IQ in the division against the new <laughs> MMA generation. I won't see you at the top. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he calls out his fight IQ as the lowest in the division, which is not anything that any fighter wants to hear. I mean, Chandler understands what he's doing in terms of his, his bank account and his style, right? Yes. And uh, it is what it is. But any, any fighter would take issue with that. I'm sure he's had long-form conversations with Henry Hooft about decision-making in the octagon. But then to take his see you at the top line and spin it around and say, <laughs> I won't see you at the top. Um, pretty good stuff from Armand Sarukian and probably a good time to bring in Ray Longo, uh, however disheveled on a Sunday morning. Answering the bell, though, at 11.32 a.m. Eastern. Look at you. I got, Look at all the good color on you. the count of nine. But I was there, Nick. <laughs> Kenny, I got Look up. at that shirt. Look at that shirt. Hey, is Cody okay? Is Cody crying in the background? Is huh. he is he gonna make it after that after the read of that quote from Chandler? Yeah, Cody's a big Michael Chandler guy. He's probably upset. Did you hear that tweet yeah, from Armand yeah. Sarukian? Yeah, I was just listening. Yeah, yeah. Funny. For a for a guy that you didn't yeah. think had, you know, he doesn't really Well, he speaks well, but I'm saying, you know, that that's still, that was yeah. that was pretty good. I didn't think I didn't yeah. think well, he had uh, it to put it that way. <laughs> so I like the Anakin Florian podcast t-shirt. I like the red. That's a good color on you. I'm a team player. So, uh, so what'd you think of the UFC fights last oh, night, my man? <laughs> Cody said you were really bummed out you know when you learned that John, they were this, not. The uh, state I'm in right now, you probably, I probably would have started talking about some fights from like a month ago and thought it was last night. I don't know. 
So what time did you go to bed? Uh, last night was late, probably about three. So what time did you wake up? Uh, I woke up five minutes ago. Right. So why we got to figure this out, right? Because if we say, hey, can you join us Sunday at 1130? No, no, right? no, I don't want to sleep, but I have to do this. All right. So this actually yes, helps. This is All right, because it is well within your rights. And I know you sort of shuck me off when I say star of the show. Yeah, okay. But- right. Public approval rating is a thing, right? You actually have minute men that don't sometimes like the way I treat you on the show. <laughs> so if you need to do the show at like noon, right? World traveler Kenny Florian will pivot and adjust. We're not trying no, to like get no, you no, out no, of definitely bed. Definitely not. No, no. I got, I'm running to the gym after this. No, it's all good. All right. Run the Run whole, the way, whole there. way there. I'm Be going to limp the whole way there. Hey, guys, just a couple of uh, – one thing I heard – when when were you guys talking about Hackleman in the corner? Was that uh, the show I was – the one I – so we're doing a couple episodes yeah, oh. a week, as you know. So it was at some point last week, but anything you have Man, on that, I please. I think there's a lot. I mean, as a corner guy, look, it's it, it could either be a black and white issue or it could be a lot of things. And I'm really all for fighter safety. So I'm not even this isn't even opinion, but I think for that corner, and I love Hackleman. I think he's a great guy. Obviously, he's an older guy, which I think plays into part of you know as we get older we're evolving and we're trying to learn and you you know yeah i'm not the guy i was at 25 i wouldn't care if you got hit by a bus in the octagon like it's just it's different as right, you get older right. <laughs> your perspective 100 percent changes on a lot of things not just on that but unless you're just incapable of growth and you're going to stay in the same spot but you gotta remember i think those guys were in his corner they, they were training them hackleman i'm assuming was out in california came in just the corner room. I don't know about that, but these are the guys that were with him. Uh, so I think they know him at this point in time better. Obviously, Hackleman had him years ago, and he's got a different relationship with him because, like, again, he he knows him forever, right, if I'm not mistaken? You know, and I yes, think, way so I think back. They, Cornered against him way back in the day was right. how they met. So I think there's, there's, there's a lot, right? I mean, I think uh, those guys were with him. They just came out of a fight with Alex where he was losing and they implored him on and they gave him a great pep talk and he came out and won the fight. So they got that. They're hoping that happens again. Now, I'm not, and I'm not saying that should be a part of it because if you want to just go safety and nothing else, stop the fight, you know, stop the fight. I mean, look, I, I had a, a doctor I used to train probably like 15 years ago. You know, we used to always like light spar, not even crazy spar, but I always thought, Sparring was great for your reflexes. It taught you how to think under pressure while the guy's trying to hit you. It could be a great thing. You don't want to get your brains beat in, but and I would never do that to a, a, a doctor, but he didn't even want to get tapped in the head. He definitely not. Like he was, it's just no good. And and we were to the point where we would joke, but we were friends. So it wasn't like we were, you know, bullying him. But uh that was it. That it was that simple. I don't, I'm not getting hit in the head. I mean, we're in a sport right. where, where now we're starting to go. All right, we have a, a lot of damage, right? But any punch in the head, there's going to be people. That, it's just not good. You know, right. we're in a 100%. sport where it's just not good. So if everybody has the proper schooling on what could happen to you, this is what where we are in this country. We're bungee jumping. Anything. Look, you could die. You could do this. You make the decision because I think the easiest thing to do is the athletic commission is there to protect you. Suppose that's what we hear, right? We want a level playing field. Let the athletic commission jump in and say the fight's over. This is my state. I govern it. 
I don't like it. Fight's over. I think it'll cause chaos, but I, I would like to make it that simple because it's not that easy. And you got to remember, Hackleman, I think Dana used to bust tackle uh, John's balls about letting Chuck fight a couple of more fights. This is, and I think, Ch and I think John has grown probably from that. He's got the experience now to say, I don't like it. You know, even he said like he wishes guys would have stopped his fights years ago, a couple of fights. Right, would he have right. said that a week after his fight or two weeks after? Uh, I say right. he wouldn't have said that. But now as you get older and you start limping sure. going up the stairs or, you know, you, you get a little dizzy doing, you start having a different perspective. So somebody has to get in. You have to talk to your fighters. Everybody's got to be on the same page. I 100% had a fighter one time tell me, if I'm in any trouble, just stop, <laughs> stop the fight. Right. Well, good. Yeah, well, but some of what Hackleman has is yes. wisdom and evolution of thought, yeah. right? And a fearlessness, right? Like there are times where maybe I editorialize on a UFC broadcast, like maybe I did a couple of weeks ago with Lauren Murphy saying, you know, what are we chasing here? A moral victory or whatever I said, where I wouldn't have said that maybe when I'm 33 years old. And maybe I shouldn't say that at 45 right. years old. Heaven forbid you give me a microphone when I'm fucking 60 and senile, the <laughs> things that are going to come out of my mouth. Well, that you know you're what I mean? Get, like what you but, get on the podcast, me. Right, yeah, more, right. Well, but, you know, like I guess for me, Kenny, right, I would look for the corner after that fourth round. You know, Hackleman says he would have been fine stopping it after the third. Maybe the corner to say, hey, man, like you take one more shot on that cut, like I'm going to throw in the fucking towel and see what Glover's response is yes. there. But I guess my biggest hate in all of this is that to share a mounted Jamal Hill. So somehow yeah. like everybody wins, right? It's like referee. Like if I was a referee, you know, when in doubt, I would probably just let the thing fucking continue. Cause then I would be universally praised, right? Like it takes a referee. Mark Goddard's the gold standard, right? But you know, I don't know. Like he, to me, handled Adesanya Pereira a lot differently than he handled to, to, to share a Hill. Right. So Look, it's it's a it's a tough thing, and I think we we are getting better at it. I think we're, I, and I think because we're talk, we're having a discussion like this, it helps everybody. Because you know, you start to go, yeah, maybe I I should have did that. Yeah, that that makes sense. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. It's it's almost like uh, it's like today with like the cancel culture. Like I come from I come from an environment where the words that you'll get canceled for today. We're thrown around like the way we're talking right now. I, like I said, to the guy, you got to give me like a couple of years. I got to adjust. You can't oh. expect me to just stop on a dime and, you know, just, you know, adjust to what's going on right now. This has been going on for fucking 40 years. Give me a little time. I'll ease into it. It makes sense to me. I, get, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And I don't think when I do any of that stuff, I do hurt anybody's feelings. But now, you know, because of the way the culture is leaning, that's what uh, we have to do. You know, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but yeah, it's funny. Yeah. But like, you know, people act like uh, th that alone is going to solve, uh, you know, whatever issue it is. It's like, yeah, if you do, if you uh, do this, it's going to solve yeah. racism. You know, and that's that's what's going to do it. But anyways, um, you know, yeah, no, Ray, I think I think as you go back. Right. And I think about a lot of the things, you know, my back right. injury and all this stuff like I I would I would kill to be able to train five, six days right. a week. I, I can't anymore. My, my back won't allow it. Yeah. Um, that is years of jujitsu, years of fighting, years of, you know, like at, when I retired, the doctors told me I would never train jujitsu again. I, I should never train jujitsu again, all this stuff. And, and my back still gets hurt and stuff like that. But, you know, I think about certain things like that, like how much 
you know, w- what's it worth? And what's my body going to be like in five years? Am I going to be curled up in a ball, like not not be able to walk around? I don't know. There's certain days where, you know, like o- over over the Christmas break, I was I was tied to a bed yeah. for two weeks. I, I could barely walk around. Um, I went to pick up a dog leash. That's what did it. So, again, these these are things that, you know, we don't we don't understand and maybe we shouldn't understand that when we're younger because you don't want to have that fear in your head so we have this thing of like you could get injured uh you know uh that could be you know unable to be solved later where you are permanently going to have that issue with either your brain or your body um but to fight with that in the back of your head you almost can't um but at the same time you have to be aware that yes. certain decisions you make will have an impact, will have repercussions on your body and brain later on in life. So it's yeah, it's a tough it one. Really, it, it really, really is. is a tough one. But I guess, I think, you know, there's going to be a certain school of thought. All you could do is educate people on what the pros and cons are, and then they have to make the decision. And, you know, like, again, I think the Athletic Commission is there to really they, – they have to be the gold standard because they're the ones that, look, they don't want you on PEDs. They already have a list of things you can't do to make the fight even – now you might have to take fighter safety into you know take a step in that direction. I don't know. It's it's not easy. It, it could be easy for the corners because any sign of danger, you're just out. Look, at, and if you have that discussion with your fighters, like I'm not going to watch you get hurt. You know, like I told you, I used to I used to ref. We used to do um, a local fire department, Kenny. That we'd have the fire department fight each other for charity. They loved it, and I would I would referee it. You know. Uh, but I would tell these guys, and it was for the American Cancer Society, and my mother had breast cancer. So to me, it was like a big deal. We'd raise a bunch of money, and it was just a, a great feeling, you know. And this is probably in the early 2000s somewhere. But I would tell these guys, look, these, are, these aren't fighters. I would say, look, any sign that you guys are in trouble, I don't give a shit. I'm stopping the fight. Like, I, you, I would let them know right up front that, and, and don't and I, I would tell them, and don't even think about getting pissed off or anything. It's not not happening. It was in my gym. I used to do it, oh. and that's the way it was. I would tell them up front, and, and we never had a problem. And I would let it go, but I would I, any little wobbling, the fight's over, you know. So it yeah. was safe for sure. And when Ray Longo tells you you ain't going to be pissed off after the fact, you uh, no, 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 that was, you go sit in the corner and put your fucking dunce no, cap on. There's a couple on, of you know? funny stories because, of course, a couple of guys did get pissed off. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, I'm going to get a little bit serious yeah. on you. Then I'm going to talk a little bit about Alexander Volkanovsky. But um, so Aljamain Sterling was not approved to fight at Madison Square Garden back in 2019. Yes by the the New York State Athletic Commission. I believe he said on the Joe Rogan experience that there was a small brain issue. He has never fought in New York State as a pro. And even though we don't know where where this April 8th UFC 287 live event is happening, Brooklyn, Miami, right? There were rumblings that it was going to be Aljo, right? And so it has Cody and me wondering aloud. Cody used to produce Aljo's podcast, The Weekly Scraps, right? Like, Wait, Aljo can't fight in New right. York, right? And it seems like sometimes when he's rumored to be fighting in New York, we wonder if that has changed. But as far as we interpret things, he's fought a bunch in New Jersey. He's never fought in New York because they're the one commission that that um, you know can't seem to get over something on this scam. Right. That everything you said is true. They did say they were gonna. I think they said they were gonna fix it in 2019. I think we knew about that before that. But I, you know, 
I know when we had Dr. Sherry, she took him to some of the top neurologists. Everybody cleared him. Uh, there was something on his brain. I'm not educated enough to even comment on it, but there was something. And New York, I think because they just went through, I think they had a huge lawsuit with the margarita thing or one of those fights where they got sued for like 300 million something that I think they took a very conservative stance on, you know, safety and stuff like that because of what happened. But it's, it's nothing that none of the top guys have not, they've all signed off on it. So New York okay. again, I, I, don't, I don't know what that's about. Uh, but it, you know, look, that, that is a hundred percent, in my opinion, just a red tape issue. And they did say they were going to correct it and they would let him fight. So unless they change that, which I never heard of, uh, he's not fighting in New York. Kenny, I was pleasantly surprised when they had like an Aljamain Sterling day and they trot out Aljo and fucking Longo, uh, right? Like the people showed out. So I think Aljo can sell tickets in New York. I really do. Yeah. If that parade yeah, John, any you, indication. I don't know why they didn't let him fight. I mean, I, I had a small brain issue as well. You know, it's a small yeah. brain. They still <laughs> let me fight. So, so I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, what the issue is now uh, that, that would be awesome and, I, and i'm sure aljo would just love to, to fight in new york and uh it'd be a dream come true man so hopefully they're able to work it out sometimes there's things where they see something and they play it overly cautious and you'll have another group of doctors who will say no 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 he, he he's fine that are experts in that field so hopefully they're able to solve that and, and uh get yeah, that worked they out they did say they were going to do it like they i i believe at one point everybody was on board but i think it it once a once something's in place, I mean, you guys know that takes a, you know, yeah, so if yeah. you don't have, if you don't oh, have yeah. a guy constantly on that, pushing and pushing and pushing, it's just never going to get done. And I think that's more of a case of yeah. that where, you know, whether Aljo fights in New York to them, probably they couldn't give care less. You know what I mean? Yeah, so right. yeah. uh, I think it's more of an issue like that, but he's definitely cleared, yeah. you know. Well, uh, I need Longo on a New York weigh-in stage wearing Aljo's chain, being like, what? <laughs> Fucking what? Uh, what, everybody? Oh, you came to see me? Okay. Fuck you, then, if you're from Boston. <laughs> what? Right, Ray? <laughs> I, I mean, is this why, is this why right. guys think you're picking on me when you do that? <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I'm picking on you because you no, can take I, it. I don't even consider that. It. That's what I'm saying. I come from an environment where that's 100% not picking on me. <laughs> Right. All right. Good. I have some other things. All right. So, so this morning, and perhaps this is too personal. Is that an yeah, animal? Can you, uh, what is going on? Are you stepping on yeah, your hold dog? On. So let me close the door. Here. Get the dog out from under uh, your foot. Oh, uh, I had some. I had some dog issues over here too. Really, dog's keep going the dog's going down. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> He's not going to like my next question. I was going to ask him Let's, if uh, it was an alarm clock or his wife that uh, that wakes him up, you know, six hours after he slumbers for the Anakin Florian podcast. No, I, uh, <laughs> I know. My thing is I get up when I get up. So, right, but you had an 1130 right. call time for us. So what do you mean you wake up? So that could have thrown the whole show off like you committed to the time. <laughs> No, I'm not trying well, to be. I mean, I'm just curious. Like you say, you wake up. Bro. So if it's 11:45, you just. I mean, we. Sometimes you, I know it's John, not a live radio show, but gotta, like we build the show out. Sometimes you guys say, "What the fuck? Let's just fucking roll the dice." <laughs> he was so mad that one so, time. I swear to God, I overslept. I missed one show. I think 
Daddy, I think he was so, he was so mad. Like, I'm dealing with a lot now. So 1130 is pretty late, though. We would agree. Right. I mean, I get up at six, <laughs> right? We have uh, children, some of us, you know. Who knows what Cody was doing out, you yeah. know, hey, can, deep into the night we, Paris in New Jersey, fucking recreational drugs. What's that, Ken? We need to, the Anakin Florian uh, podcast needs to produce a book of Ray Longoisms, <laughs> like some kind of Longoisms of like all these, all these, you know, things of wisdom, these nuggets of wisdom that Ray has said over the years on our podcast. Yeah. Like we need to have yeah. a book. Yeah. Uh, I'm like the Yogi, awesome. I'm like the Yogi the Bearer of MMA. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I like that. And I will say, and I hope this doesn't, you know, have people like chasing down old long ago tweets. But over the last two years, you have cleaned up your act a little bit. You really? Know? How, how so? <laughs> well, it's funny because obviously you and I swear more than Kenny does. And I actually, when, when Ray and I talk on the phone, every other word out of one of our mouths is, is a, a cuss word, right? Like it is what it is. Yeah. And so... We're transitioning to DraftKings, and they don't give a fuck what you say. They want Ray Longo. They want Ray Longo on Stencer. Um, but, you know, when I do think about making a transition and our distributor being somebody like DraftKings, you know, I do think we got Longo and Anna. It can be a little bit rough around uh, the edges. I don't, That's think, all, I don't think so. What's the what's, no? what's right. words? Come on. If you're a good if you're a yeah, good no, person, I largely I agree. what is your, your words are going to uh, offend somebody? Come yeah. on. You should go delete some of your old tweets, though, Ray. When really? we get off the air today, I'm just saying. You know, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. I don't even there. understand it, but I retweet a lot. I don't really tweet a lot, you know. Right, right. I think I do a lot of retweeting, yeah, which you, I don't uh, know if that's even a good thing or a bad thing, but I don't know. That's we do miss Longo pre-Instagram hack. Though. No, that's, that's been a tough transition these, for a lot of us. You know? These guys, I tell you, Instagram, I give them a fucking F, man. They suck. Cuts. I, I cannot believe a guy could hijack your account. You call them up and you can't get your account back. I mean, I, but does that make any sense? Hey, so send me your driver's license. Send me this. Yeah. You can't get out. I mean, I don't know. What, how hard is that? Uh, it. Anik texts with Zuckerberg every week, well, and he still hasn't he still hasn't mentioned the Longo issue. I don't understand what's going on. Zuckerberg, I swear to God, uh, I grab him by the throat if I see him now. I, this is this is <laughs> this is it's actually ridiculous. So you can just go. We're gonna try to get like a guy moving into your moving into your house while you go out to work, and you. I was yeah, just gonna say. Get him out. Right, I was it's just mine gonna now. say though. Right, I remember when one of my former UFC colleagues alerted me to the fact that she was a victim of squatters in Las Vegas, right? And I think for certain people, young listeners or viewers, or maybe if you're international, I didn't learn about squatting until I was in my mid-30s that you, I don't even like talking about it on the air. It's so corrupt that somebody can actually like go into your house and somehow like lay claim to it. It's called squatting. Yeah. It's really fucked up. And you and I were obviously on the same wavelength thinking yeah, about yeah, that. So. Yeah, oh. well, I don't remember. I, you know what? Tell you just on a different note. I heard a. I don't even know where it was. It could have been old. I heard a great interview with Rampage Jackson. I I was in shock, man. I do. He talked about like racism and stuff. I think that guy was what a good guy. I never really saw. Yeah. I don't know. I never really can say I even met him. I yeah. mean, I definitely was around him, but uh, he. Uh, I dude, I love listening to those guys. They got such a different perspective on things. And he said he grew up in the South and 
he knows exactly what racism is. And a lot of, you know, what people are getting accused, it's just not racism. So I don't know why, but if you get a chance, listen to it. I think, uh, I think, I think it was pretty good. And they talked about a million things, but I, I, it was captivating to me for sure. Shout out to Rampage. Maybe next week you can, uh, you can direct us as to where to yeah, find I, that. I, I have to go back and look. I forgot. Yeah. All right. If you guys will, Humor me for 45 seconds. Brian Petrie is going to come on here in a couple minutes, but I want to read you these quotes from Alexander Volkanovsky, courtesy of the Freestyle Bender YouTube channel. So if you give me about 60 seconds. The fact that I'm moving up, doing the bulking, telling myself we need to get stronger, we need to work on that takedown defense, all of a sudden I'm twice as strong as I was. My defense is just on point. I'm like an absolute brick fucking wall. I put the swear in there. You like that? I'm an absolute brick fucking wall when people are trying to run into me and they feel it. They instantly feel it as soon as they grab a hold of me or we grab each other. They can already significantly see the strength, so it just makes you think where I go from here. You can see in his face, he's talking about Islam Makashev's face now, like this guy ain't too big. I've seen that on plenty of people's faces before. I've seen that on my previous fights, my last four or five fights, but that face quickly changes when I'm in the octagon. Give me 10 seconds with him. That face changes real quick. Real quick. All of a sudden, that size doesn't matter. All of a sudden, my footwork, where's this guy at? I'm a puzzle. He's already given drama. Then I put my hands on him. There's another problem. Then they try to grab a hold of me, and I'm like a little brick fucking wall. He actually swore that time. There's another problem. That's when you see them start to crumble and be like, fuck, what have I got myself into? That's exactly what's going to happen with Islam, especially the way he's looking. I can tell he really thinks he's going to be way too strong. Kenny, I'll start with you on this. A lot of people, when they handicap this matchup, they start with the size and the strength. So what are your thoughts on uh, an obviously confident Volkanovsky here about two weeks out? That's right. And the size and strength issue uh, is both a blessing and a curse because, you know, if I want to take someone down uh, and, and I am someone like a Mahashev, you know, he gets a lot of a take, his takedowns up against the cage. He grabs your legs. He picks you up. Now, that means that he needs to get that yeah. much lower, right? Due to Volkanovsky's center of gravity, he needs to get that much lower on that stocky, strong dude. And taking down a fire hydrant is always going to be problematic. Uh, Volkanovsky's no chump in that arena. But that's where Mahashev is going to win this fight if he wins it, in my mind, right? He, take, he takes you down. He beats you up. He ends up getting a submission. Uh, so I think for Volkanovsky, that is an advantage. Now, for Volkanovsky, going against a guy who's taller, who's rangier, he needs to get that much closer to him, right, in order to land those shots, which allows Mahashev to get closer to that clinch opportunity. So to me, distance is going to be the, the, the major factor in that fight. Who can dominate that distance and who can, you know, prevent the other from taking him down and who can, you know, get that get that striking going early. Um, that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, pretty much that's what comes right. down to every fight, but especially for these guys, right? So uh, I'm fascinated with the fight. In my opinion, Volkanovsky is probably – uh, the best pound-for-pound pound fighter on the planet right now. The way he puts it all together, I really think he's that good. He's extremely intelligent. Physically, he's a beast. He, he, he will not quit. We saw that against Ortega. He, ha he has had those chances to quit in fights, and he will not and, and, and will not. So I I'm fascinated with it. And Mahashev is one of the finest grapplers that we've seen in the UFC. So this is going to be a phenomenal fight. It's very rare that we get champion versus champion and anytime we get that it's always a treat and uh it's going to be great i like hearing volkanovsky say this because he yes. is fired up and still has that chip on his shoulder and wants to prove everybody wrong yeah i think kenny's point of, one thing you said that I, I totally agree with it always comes down to the same thing that's why when i hear guys analyze fights yeah. they go in this way and i'm like <laughs> i do i i just simple i to me it's simple you know but kenny i think you hit on that yeah. exactly and 
I got. I'm going to say when this fight get. When when is that fight? Couple weeks, yeah, man. Couple I mean, weeks. Yeah. I think Volkanovski could pull this off. I mean, he hasn't taken a shitload of damage, right? He's a smart. He's an intelligent fighter, and those. Right. He is a fire hydrant. I remember. I think when Matt fought Ivan Menjavar. He said, uh, and Matt's jujitsu, Ken, you know, was always on point, especially back then. He said Amazing. the guy would World reclaim class. God. He goes, his legs were so short, he had never experienced that before. And he was just, yeah. you know, they would, he was just, you know, going right back to God. I, I think that was the, the thing. But, but, but the point being is that because he was so short, it posed a problem in certain areas. And I think, I think that's what we're going to see here. Like, Kenny, you're mentioning range. I'm not sure of, uh, Islam is the range. He's like that long rangey fighter where he knows how to dictate the range with his range, right? He's more of a gra grappler. Right. So he's got to get in too. Yes. I don't know what happens yeah. with this. I really think this is a great matchup. And you're right. He's against the cage. Where do you go? Three feet below the octagon to grab this guy? Like, that's not an easy <laughs> thing to do. It's just not. No. And, uh, how about this? What about. How about Volkanovski against Sarukian? You mentioned him, who's not that big. That's a really good fight. Like, who, who wins yeah, that fight? Oh, my fight? gosh. Look and at it, you. Look at you playing no, no, matchmaker. No, and it's not, it's not it's linear logic. We know that. But Zarukian gave Islam a fit. Right. Right, and that's that's right. one thing I I never thought of is it, go back to that fight. That was the dude who gave right. him his toughest fight, you know, as far as the Mahashev that yeah, we so know. Now, so now, yeah, no, I think that's a key great to point. me is in those scrambles, who gives up first? You know what I mean? Like that, like with Zaruki, you know, those scrambles were phenomenal. But you got to yeah. be able to last out through. You got to be able to outdo him in the scrambles. Like it's not even going to be a strength thing. I think right. it's going to be more of a a cardio thing and I, I don't, this is a really good fight I'm, I'm actually I'm, especially here in Volkanovski uh, I'm, I'm really leaning towards him this is a very winnable fight for, for a five round a very winnable fight Kenny Florian says that when you grapple with a man, you really understand what he's made of right beyond just the athlete. You really get a lens into that man. That's why I've never trained jujitsu with Kemplo because he'll understand just how fucking soft I am. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be looking for a way out, but I just got brown belts being fucking annoying on my fifth day. <laughs> like, I'm fucking gone. I'll go play golf. Fuck you guys. Well, um, look, I, I just, so one let thing me that, just blow up to a couple. Of, like, I think that was the thing with Weidman coming up. Guy was a blue belt. He was just squashing black belts, which is unheard of, right? But yeah. he was just yeah, such a right. physical, you know, imposing force that he would, and he and he was technical. I mean, that's a that's not a right. good combination for anybody. And even Aljo, tell find a guy that's just I just took a piss on Aljo grappling with him. You're not going to find it. Aljo's no, like, he's right. really you're good. Right. So I think people like what you say when you grapple with him, they appreciate it. Now fighting is totally different, but. You still get a feel for that guy's no joke. Like if you think people think they're just going to piss yeah. on certain people, like even with the Henry Saudo fight, he's got the mindset of an Olympian. Tell me all the good things about Henry, because I guarantee you it's not it's not going to help him. Yeah, I know Petrie's ready. We'll get to yeah. him in like 60 seconds. Right now, the odds on DraftKings Sportsbook, Islam Akashev minus 380, wow. Alexander Volkanovsky plus 310. But yeah, I'm with you, Ray. Like, a lot of us don't see this as some major upset. And, you know, Chael Sonnen did a video about this as well. Even though there have been times in which Volkanovski has faced adversity in the octagon, right? Certainly, I believe the second Max Holloway fight, 
uh, the Brian Ortega fight, Kenny, he was mounted, right? But like, if Alexander Volkanovsky is outstruck for a time, right? That'll be like the first time we really see that, right? If he's outstruck extendedly, if he's out grappled or out wrestled extendedly, that'll be the first time we see that. So the notion that this would be some big upset, I understand why the odds are what they are. And a lot of that is rooted in Islam's greatness and the size. But again, we're talking about the number one pound for pound fighter in the world, at least consensus, Alexander Volkanovsky, um, trying to win a fight. That's all he's done for the better part of a decade. Um, all right, before we let you go, Ray, we're going to bring Brian Petrie into the conversation because I just want, you know, everybody in the Anakin Ford podcast family to say hello to each other. And Ray we got this Longo. rising star, Brian Petrie. Um, Ray Longo, not yet How in we, highlight of his career. How How we feel there, Brian? I What's up, Ray? You. I haven't seen you in a while. I, it's been a while, Ray. Yeah. I mean, I watch you every week, but it's been a while, Wait, brother. I want to get this guy on when I'm on. I want to feed off of Petrie's energy. There we go. That's now what I'm talking. fucking doing. It's called a crossover. That's what I'm fucking oh, wait, doing. What's it called? A cro- oh, you want to feed off his energy before? This is what in radio we call a crossover. You, hey, even though you guys are not guests, your usual suspects, but you guys are crossing over, right? As you're leaving, he's coming on, and you guys have a little bit of inane banter, and then mm-hmm. you go on your way, and we do our segment with Brian in radio sports. Wait. Radio is called a crossover. Wait, what am I, Kaiser Sose? The usual suspects? What are we doing, <laughs> Ken? What the heck is going on? <laughs> I, I don't know. I have no idea. So, would you like the order to be reversed next time, so you can feed off that Petri energy, and then we get rid of him, BPE. and then and then Big you do Petri your Ray Longo minute? Ooh, I like. That. I'm good any way it goes, baby. I'm a professional. Put me in there <laughs> anytime. So, so uh, I was in Rio de Janeiro, and our great pay per view producer Michael Laplante Lappy says to me, "He's like, hey, that that handicapper on your show, Brian Petri." I'm like, "Yeah, like someone's gonna come take this guy." Maybe Zach Candido in the UFC should just hire him already. But Harry, hey, leave him alone. He's out. Well, because obviously, like, I'm here for the comedy, right? As much as I'm here for the MMA handicap, yes. right? I'm here for the personality. But this guy, he's a combination comedic, self-aware, right? And he's been handicapping MMA since he's like fucking 11 years old. It's true. What else are you looking for? Listen, the, first, the first time I, I we own the rights, we own the rights to Brian Curry, <laughs> yeah, right, so they're going to have to buy out his. Yeah, I, say, I say we do. We we yeah. we do a handshake deal, and then if he reneges on it we just kill him but um no listen the first time the first time i heard brian i, I said this kid's got something special i love the way he talks and i, I look I don't, I don't we don't know each other right it's not like i have any connection no, but yeah, I, I just love i love the energy i love the passion uh and he's consistently doing it which is not easy to do right you could have a good week and a bad week but he's consistently good right right and uh i don't know he's uh He's a nice young man. Yeah. I want to see him succeed as much as possible. So I take that back. Go Thank for the you, gold. Ray. Get rid of us old bastards and go <laughs> go for it, Petrie. We all had our time. Now it's your time. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Ray. Enjoy that cold brew, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you in a few days. Take it easy, okay. guys. Always. Thank a, you, Always Ray. a pleasure. Remember, head up, chin chin down, and stay off your back. Let me get out of here. Take it easy. Thank you, buddy. There he is. Living legend, mixed martial arts. I didn't know that segment was going to be praise Brian. I'm embarrassed. That was that was amazing. (laughs) Jeez. That wasn't how it was necessarily scripted, but uh (laughs) we wanted to fire you up because this is obviously a big day in the history of any Cincinnati Bengals fan or Mm -hmm. player. And uh Obviously, when a lot of people ingest this, that game between the Bengals and Chiefs will be over, but this betting line has bounced all around. Right now, the Bengals, at least on DraftKings Sportsbook, point and a half underdog. Uh, what do you have for us on the Bengals here? You got to be getting a little bit anxious. I would imagine the oh. appetite isn't necessarily 
all there today. Yeah, I'm I'm incredibly nervous. Here's the thing is like, you know, this is I said it last year. This is the new Peyton Tom Brady. Colts, Pats. They're not in the same division, but there's a fucking rivalry there. Mike Hilton last week on the mic'd up said, Hey, we're coming to Burrowhead. The Chiefs players right, have right. ran with that. There's a little bit of a bad blood. And we obviously were Joe Burrow's three and zero against the Chiefs. Historically, the Bengals, which has not been a great franchise, they have done really well against the Kansas City Chiefs historically. So all these things are pointing to the Bengals, which makes me fucking terrified. I don't like that. I like yeah. back against the wall. Let's prove people wrong. But uh, listen, these teams know each other. We we played, beat them this year. Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, going to Kansas City, Joe Burrow goes in there like he just did in Buffalo, gets another dub. I mean, geez, old peace. I delivered to him this week again. Got some new. Oh, did he really? Yeah, he has a big box of clothes. I rang the doorbell, right? Oh. And I'm walking. He has like step. I'm walking on a step. Someone answers the door. And I wanted to turn around so bad, but I didn't want to be like one of those guys. So I, just, I kept walking, like played it cool. Like it yeah. was cool. one of those him or his chick, but I'm like, I'm not going to turn back and look. I, I got business to do. But yeah, he got a big box of clothes. Hopefully it's what he's wearing at the game today uh, or walking in the game today. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I mean, I wish it was the first game. Let's just say that. I don't know how I'm going to make it to six. So I kind of love that it's like all about the Bengals and the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen aren't really even a part of this budding yeah. rivalry. That's sort of cool. So if you deliver to Joe Burrow's house and mm-hmm. he comes to the door, like mm-hmm. you got to understand this dude is MMA diehard show up for the first prelim type guy. So, I, I mean, there's your jumping off point. bro. I know, you know? I've met and see the thing is I've met when I was in my younger days, like back when Ray Maluga played on team, the honey Jones, yeah. I've met all these guys. We've shared beers. I've actually almost gotten an altercation with the honey Jones one, one drunken night. One of the reasons why I don't drink anymore, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, that's another story for another time. But yeah, so I've been around Bengals. I've seen them and they're in their great guys. Right. And, but for something about Joe Burrow, we've never had a franchise guy. We thought Carson was it. Nope. We all knew Andy Dalton wasn't it, but we kind of, we had AJ Green at the time, but Joe's the guy. And it's just like, I, I, I usually don't get starstruck. I'm not a shy person. But I just, if, if I meet him, I don't know. I should open with, hey, I know John Anik or something like that. But I feel like that's so easy. I don't want to do that. So I don't know what I'm going to do when I meet him. Uh, eventually, it's going to happen. I think he felt like he had no choice but to follow me back on Instagram after we met. You know, yeah. I don't think he's some like huge John Anik fan. But I can tell you, in an era in which a lot of people show up late for fights, especially yeah. on the West Coast, prelim number one, that dude's sitting there, right not there. because that's he's got awesome. any horse in the race. So, right. Uh, all right. Before we get to the main event challenge, I have a, an audio file that I want to play for you guys. So we're going to call on our producer, Cody Merrow, for the pronunciation of the week. We have played this file before. He is headlining against the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, this weekend. His nickname is the Polar Bear. And he just sounds like a guy that really is good at beating people up in this audio file. But I have heard his name in different uh, in different ways out there in the stratosphere. So we're going to call on Cody and uh, bring him into the conversation. Cody, what's going on, kid? What's up? How are we doing, fellas? What's up, good. man? Fucking I'm good. The, I'm on the Bengals plus two. We'll see. The episode will probably be out after the game, but Let's that's go. what I'm going with. Hopefully, I didn't jinx uh, it. So, uh, Derek Lewis is fighting this this polar bear heavyweight this weekend. I'd like to hear you say his name and then uh, and then hit that hit hit us with that file. All right. So, I believe it's Sergey Spivak. Why is everybody saying fucking Spivak? I mean, let's hear him. Sergey is a polar bear, Spivak. Sergey is a polar bear, Spivak. Because that's what he says. Sergey is a polar bear, Spivak. 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 
I mean, I hear huh. Spivak. You know, I actually, as long as you're emphasizing the first syllable, I don't really think it matters. I certainly hear spit and not Spivak in that second one. BP, you got anything? No, I mean, I'm terrible at this stuff. Huh. I, I He's hear like, no, I'm here to make picks, right? <laughs> right? I actually study what matters, not pronunciation. <laughs> I, I heard Spivak. I, I actually, I'm usually pretty hard on Cody. Uh, I, I give him this one. Yeah, I think, no, uh, we're going to give it to him. Dub. We're going to give dub. it to him. Spivak or Spivak, both both count. And uh, I believe that's the first pronunciation of the year. So you're actually 1-0. There you go, Cody. Is, uh, and, and Cody. And Cody's still recovering from that uh, Chan- Chandler quote from uh, yeah, Sarukian. No, so we got we to gotta make him feel a little <laughs> My better. eyes are red because I was crying. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Cody will be back later in the show with anything that we uh, missed over the course of the next 90 minutes. And also, don't forget, Safe Saud and Bilal Muhammad on the Anakin Foreign Podcast coming up on Thursday. Good but point. now let us make some UFC selections. Elections, and then we will uh, let big gun Brian Petrie get back to his championship Sunday. First prediction for us is going to be a featherweight. Duho Choi minus 195, taking on Kyle Nelson, who's plus 165. First appearance for Duho Choi, Brian, I believe, since 2019. Yep. And his first fight since his fight with Cub Swanson was inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame class of 2022. Brian Stan actually was on the call the last mm-hmm. time Duho Choi won a fight. That was July 8th, 2016. Now he draws Kyle Nelson, who has lost four or five in the UFC. Brian Petrie, which way are you going, Kip? The Superboy, the Korean Superboy, it's back. And finally, there's a fighter that's 31 that looks 15. I get the huh. I get the 16-year-old comments, you know, this guy's 16. This this Petrie kid stinks. So I got I got something in common with them, right? But uh, you know, I feel like he was living off the Cub Swanson fight for a while, right? I feel like he was coming into these fights wanting to re- replicate that because he is an explosive powerful dude great boxing but you know that took a lot out of him i think he needs a well-rounded skills that he's kill or be killed and i really wish he would switch some things up because he has a wide arsenal but you know at the end of the day this kid's a dog like he goes in there and scraps that's just the way he is he's 31 he's not this young kid anymore i think he's going to be the same but hopefully dial it back just enough because kyle nelson one and four in the ufc He's a slang and bang fighter as well, but he's yeah. never been put out in the first round. You got to progressively get this guy out of there, second, third round. So if Duo Troy goes out there, tries to get him out in that first round, I mean, obviously anything's possible. This is MMA, but you, you might you might blow your gas tank out and then and then lose the second or third because Duo Troy his his gas has been a little bit of a problem. Um, with that being said, though, I'm not scared of the layoff or anything. Minus one ninety five is a little bit higher than I would like to pay, just because he is coming off a couple losses, couple of finish losses. Nelson does have power; he knocked out Paul Reyes. Um, but I like I like super uh, I like uh, super uh, cream super boy here. Hoichoi inside the distance as well. I don't think there's no way that this is going to the judges, but Hoichoi by KO late is my pick. I couldn't find if there was any military service that led to some of right. this layoff. There have been fight cancellations for the Korean Superboy, Duho Choi, who will now be introduced by Bruce Buffer as a Hall of Famer. It's sort of a weird thing when they're in for the fight, right? Yeah. Uh, on the other side, Kyle Nelson, we mentioned one and four in the UFC. Last fight was at 55. Now back to featherweight here, Ken Flo. Uh, Kyle Nelson or Duho Choi for you, kid? Yeah, you know, I think this is going to be a tough fight for Kyle. Um, you know, I, I feel like Duhu Choi is going to have the advantage on the feet. I, I also expect to see some big changes in his game. I, I would think that he's added some new weapons. So, uh, yeah, I like uh, I like the Korean Superboy as well. Next up at heavyweight, I mean, can we put some respect on the name Marcin Tabora? Mm-hmm. Split decision win against the previously undefeated Alexander Romanov. He's now a minus 150 favorite 
against Bwagoy. I got a nickname for this guy. Can he be Bwagoy one tough customer even off? Like, I mean, I I don't know how with a human weapon you get this guy out of there. Bwagoy, one tough customer even off is plus 130. And uh, all six of his UFC fights have gone the distance, not shockingly, because you can't have a weapon in there. Therefore, you can't. Get him out of there. Brian, what do you think here? Even Ovin Tabor in the UFC's heavyweight division on the main card. When I do my podcast, when I say this guy's name, Blagoy, it's like the toughest name that you can name anybody. I mean, geez, I mean, just saying it makes me tough, right? This guy, and then just having this guy's fucking nails, right? Everything's been through outside the octagon, inside the octagon. You can't get him out of there. He's one finish in his entire career by submission years ago. Can't knock him out. He's been in there with like everyone. But these are the type of fights that get me a handicapper, stays up at night. Mid-tier heavyweight fights with a close line. People are going to be dog chasing him, Blagoy, because he's that kind of dog. He can win these kind of scrappy fights, and this is very evenly matched. Tybor, though, he's fought 16 times in the UFC. Got to get a little respect on his name. Early on in his UFC career, he got knocked out a handful of times. Now he's getting off wins. He slammed the brakes on Romanoff as a huge underdog. This guy is getting better. He's in Vegas. He's training with Sergei Spivak. These guys are, are really becoming well-rounded heavyweights, even at 37 years old as Tabora. So the one thing when you look at this fight, they're both want to do the same thing. They're very good in the clinch. Their stand-up is both okay. I know Blagoy's got some power, but he's very short. Um, clinch, and then one guy wants to get on top. Who has a better takedowns? Who has a better top game? Tabora on top is a problem. I'm going to stay as far away from this fight as I can, betting-wise, but the pick is going to be Tabora just because he's, he's a bigger guy. I think he can get on top, give some problems. Definitely not finishing this guy. It's going to decisions. That might be a play, but it's going to be a, a chalky number. But give me uh, Marcin Tabora. Ken Flo, Bwago Ivanov coming off a win over Pays out UFC 274. He is 3-3 three and three in the UFC. All six, as I mentioned, have gone the distance, including a 25-minute UFC debut against Junior Dos Santos in Boise, Idaho, 2018. A lot of people like over two and a half rounds here, mm-hmm. but we need a head-to-head prediction on the heavyweights. Can flow Marcin Tabora or Bwagoy Ivanov? Yeah, Ivanov is one of those guys who is extremely durable. Um, you know, his chin is amazing. As you guys mentioned, he, he's a guy who can take a lot of punishment. Very, very difficult to take him out. Um, but I don't see a whole lot of offensive skills where I, I see him uh, taking out Tybor. Now, sometimes Tybor just makes big mistakes and he gets caught. I think those days are behind him for the most part. He used to make a lot of silly mistakes early on, even when he was winning fights, and I would sleep on him. But um, I've been sleeping on him a little bit too long. I think Tybor's game is certainly coming together now. He's fighting with way more confidence. He's throwing with, with way more volume, uh, and I think he has more skills and more ways to win this fight. Uh, I like Tybor as well. And by the way, if you don't know Bwagoy Ivanov's history about being stabbed in the sternum and, yeah. and making his own You'll way to a cab <laughs> and being on a respirator and everything else, uh, the dude's grant. You know, yeah. the backyard shed nickname was taken by Alir Latifi, That's but right. now that Latifi's gone. But Cody's saying, why not the tough customer? No, see, Cody's born in the 1990s. I love you, buddy. But the saying is one tough customer. Mm-hmm. So there in lies. Customer. Yep. One tough customer, Bwagoy Ivanov. Or maybe you go on the front end of his name and you go, one tough customer, Bwagoy Ivanov. No, anybody? I like front end nicknames. I'm with you, John. I do like front end nicknames. I mean, Brian Petrie, we don't put Big Gun in the middle. Big Gun Brian Brian Petrie. That's right. Goddamn right. (laughs) All right. Next up for us, Daun Jung. Minus 215. Devin Brown, bear clock, plus 185. I love saying that, David. Sorry. What are we doing here? I mean, off the rails. Devin Brown, bear clock. All right. Ready? Ken Flo, over under, over under 13 and a half UFC appearances thus far 
for Devin Clark. Over under 13 and a half UFC appearances for Devin Clark. It's probably over. Isn't that amazing? Right? I remember the guy's whole career. Seven and seven in the UFC. Mm-hmm. This will be his 15th UFC start. On wow. the other side, Down Jung. Knocked out by Dustin Jacoby in 313 last July on ABC, and there went the uh, the long unbeaten streak, but still getting the uh, respect from uh, odds makers and seemingly the betting public here. Sneaky big fight, Brian Petrie mm-hmm. at 205 pounds. You going with Dawn Jung or Devin Clark? Yeah, you know, so 2022 is over. New year, new me, right? I'm not falling for the Devin Clark underdog trap again, right? His father's in his corner sometimes. He's very polarizing. Gets me fired the fuck up. And I go, oh, this is a great plus number on a guy who's got wrestling ability, got some good knockout abilities. You know, the Steeler quote from Mike Goldberg, who said it every time someone had big legs, he's built like a running back. You know what I mean? So this guy has all the tangibles, but I really like Dong Lun skills. I really do. I'm not sleeping on him because he got knocked out. He's massive for the division, right? In his five fights in UFC, has shown well-roundedness. He can grapple. He can stand up. His cardio has been tested. And I like the number. I know it's it's high. It's good to climb. I've already placed a bet on this fight. That's how much I like it. And I know he got KO'd his last time up with Jacoby, but Jacoby's the man. You know what I mean? You 205 pounds, you're going to get caught one of these times. He's only 29 years old. The only time he's been knocked out. That doesn't worry me here. Uh, I love the number at minus 215. And lock him up, baby. This is my lock for the family. week. Three units. And again, I played that already. I'm very confident in this fight. I think it goes to decision because Devin Clark, I think, is, is is a tough out. I think Unjun is just going to be better everywhere. There could be a finish in there, but I like him by decision. I'm not going to touch a prop here. Choosing a side. Dong Unjun. Let's go. So if you don't know the standings right now in the main event challenge, Brian Petrie is plus 435 American dollars. Kenny Florian minus $115. That is a $645 wager. From Brian Petrie on Da Un Jung <laughs> to return 300. Uh, Kenflo, circle gets the square. Uh, which way are you going? I got some work to do now. <laughs> uh, yeah, listen, I- I'm with him on that one. Um, and-, and I have definitely fallen victim to that as well. I- Devin Clark has so much potential. I always feel like, you know, he has more to give. There's something he can do to kind of. Uh, you know, fulfill that potential, but I, it's hard to see he's inconsistent. And, and that is always a difficult guy to, to rely on. Uh, Daun Jung, I think is uh, a guy who's got a ton of skills. Um, I think he can win this fight, uh, both on the feet and on the ground. Uh, very dangerous in his own right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm going with, uh, I'm going with the Korean fighter here as well. Uh, not going to put three units down, but, uh, interesting to hear Brian that confident yeah. that usually goes well for yeah. him. All right, that brings us to the main event. And Ken Flo, this podcast might have felt longer to you than that little four-fight card you called in Orlando, Florida a couple <laughs> nights ago. You hear about that, Brian Petrie? The guy shows up, fucking flies in to call four fights. It's yeah. amazing. No. Where can I get that gig? <laughs> fucking four fights, right? Four fights. I'm going to have four uh, fights under my fucking roof today. <laughs> All right. Sergey Spivak, he'll never be Spivak to me, but he will be Spivak on broadcast probably. Sergey Spivak, minus 230. Derek Lewis plus 195. As you guys know, this fight was to happen late last year. Spivak made his UFC debut in 2019 again against Walt the Big Ticket. Harris got knocked out. I'm not sure any UFC heavyweight, Brian, has improved as much as this guy has over Mm -hmm. the course of his UFC career. I'm sure Tommy Aspinall and others might challenge me on that. But absolute beast. He's won two in a row, five of six, had a big 2022. Derek Lewis momentum-wise seemingly going in the opposite direction, thus Mm -hmm. the price. 
Uh, our producer thinks Spivak should be like minus 600. Yeah. How do you handicap the main event, Brian Petrie? Yeah. And ultimately, which way are you going? I was going to expose Cody a little bit. He said Spivak should be minus 1,000. So I, right. you know, right. I'm on the Derek Lewis side. We've picked this before. And it's very deceiving when you look at Derek Lewis. You think, oh, Derek Lewis is going to lose to these grapplers. He's actually done minus DC, who kind of done it all, not really just only a grappler. Derek Lewis has done really well against grapplers. He really struggles with the power strikers, right? And not to mention, if you look at Derek Lewis's Instagram, he's run, he's in shape. This is going to be a bet for me. I would lock him up, dog lock him up right now, but this is definitely going to be a bet for me on the scales because Derek Lewis pulled out earlier, I believe, with some kind of illness day of. Um, and I always sleep on Spivak. I've heard stories about him in Vegas being a great teammate, a grinder, really good 15 and three record. But if Derek Lewis jumps on him early, like Tommy Aspinall did, like Walt Harris did, there's no one hits harder than Derek Lewis, regardless of how many times he's lost in the past or whatever. He just got jumped on by early by uh, Sergey uh, Pavlovich, who is a fucking rushing mauling bear who is terrifying. So I, you know, you can't fault him with that, but you know, obviously Derek Lewis has been in there with a lot of guys and there's some steam coming off him a little bit. You know, he's very funny. He needs to win. That's what the thing you need to hear the post fights. You need to, you know, his, his social media is really slowed down with the whole, he's okay. the stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, plus 185 on a guy like Derek Lewis who hits hard against a guy who has been knocked out before. And Derek Lewis, again, has wins over Curtis Blades, Latifi, Olenek, and Tabora can be thrown in that grappling class. He's done well against guys that want to get him down. And I think uh, Spivak desperately needs a takedown. If he doesn't get it, it's, it's going to be a bad night for him. Really good live betting spot, but we don't have the opportunity to do that right now. Give me Derek Lewis by KO. Derek Lewis plus 195, the pick for Brian Petrie by knockout. And Kenfo, let me just say, as somebody who runs 20 or 25 miles a week, that just doesn't necessarily mean that you're in shape, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily in shape. And we talk a lot about energy systems. And I don't care what Derek Lewis has done to get his cardiovascular base in great shape. I think sometimes it's his energy system combined with his IQ that fails him in these situations. He'll be 38 three days after the fight. That's not a handicap from me. I just think that's a little bit of the reality. What are your thoughts on a seemingly in shape Derek Lewis here uh, as a pretty big underdog against the polar bear, Sergei Spivak? Yeah, John, I agree with you. And, and listen, but I think Brian brings up a good point as well. It's like, you know, the, the power is the last thing to go. I don't think that's ever going to leave a guy like Derek Lewis. It's what always makes him dangerous and always gives him a shot. But I think this is a really tough match for him. I think Spivak does a great job of utilizing his strikes to set up his takedowns, um, whether it's wrestling style takedowns or judo style takedowns. He can put you on your back in a lot of different ways. And I think for Derek Lewis to be down there makes him not only susceptible to uh, submissions, but to grounded pounds. Spivak will not let up. And I think these are the kind of fights that will, will kind of uh, elevate him. And he realized the importance of it. Derek Lewis still a big name. He's inconsistent, but everybody knows who Derek Lewis is if you're a fan of the UFC. Um, and I like Spivak here. I, I think this is uh, this is a lock for me. Um, I will I will match three Let's units uh, to, to Brian Petrie's three. I, I like this one. I think Spivak gets him down uh, and ultimately gets some kind of a TKO. Um, could happen earlier. Uh, I suspect it will happen earlier, but if it goes later, I think it, that kind of favors him too, because mm-hmm. I expect Derek Lewis to kind of slow down here. So um, the other thing is this, uh, you know, 
Derek Lewis, how much does he want to win at this stage of the game? You know, he gets paid a lot of money to go out there and perform. Uh, is he doing this for a paycheck or is he doing this because he desperately wants to win? He needs to win, but does he want to win? I think that that's the big question with Derek. And I'm so glad he's making a ton of money. He yeah. deserves it all. But um, it, that that's a question mark for me. Yeah, okay. that Derek Lewis show money is a real thing. Six hundred ninety dollars to pay three hundred. On Sergey Spivak, minus 230 for Kenny Florian. I mean, what are they paying okay. Ken Flo to show, right? For four fights? I mean, in and fucking out. <laughs> Fly in fucking day of. Sorry. <laughs> At Brian Petrie MMA, if you want more from him, he is the host of the MMA Takes podcast. And I do believe that you will be featured on UFC's on the line at some point in the not too distant future. Uh, yeah, let's go. Uh, have a great week. Uh, go, Bengals. go Bengals, buddy. That's right. And, uh, Good day, man. We're talking about the Super Bowl next week. All right, my man. You got it. See you, boys. There he is, Brian Petrie, with us on a Sunday here on the Anakin Florian podcast. And uh, Cody just doubling down. I know the saying, one tough customer, and but Bruce saying he is the tough customer is better, in in my opinion. You could have put like IMHO in your humble opinion. You're still missing, missing <laughs> the point, but I love you so much that I want to bring you in here for the marrow seconds at the end of the program. And uh, you can put yourself <laughs> in the center if you want, but. Hey, thank you. Why hey. would I put my humble? I'm not humble. So why would I? Why would I lie? You know that I'm being ingen- disingenuous. That's not fair. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, so uh, uh, what, what's going on? What uh, what are, what are, what are we doing with 49ers Eagles? I mean, I know it's it's about to happen here. I mean, which way are we going? I'm going. I'm going 49ers bought up to uh to three points minus 125. I like the Niners too, and we don't know how hurt Jalen Hurts is. So I like the Niners at that. What is it? Plus two and a half. It's. It, both the games have pretty much the same line. Pretty interesting. Yeah. And on the back uh, of that, I put this in the chat before BP got off. So he saw this. If the Bengals win and Derek Lewis wins, I will send BP a Bengals jersey of his choosing for the Super Bowl. Don't care. That's plus one, plus 519 as a parlay. So if he hits that, I'll gladly send him a jersey. I, amazing. So um, you guys brought up a, a UFC return to Miami. I was wondering, you know, what is the ideal fight if you guys were matchmakers for the headline of a UFC Boston return? Well, what I always say about Boston is that TJ Dillashaw and Dominic Cruz can headline at the TD Garden as they did in 2016. And it was for a title, right? But it can be a UFC fight night. Dillashaw versus Cruz. And it's a fight town that appreciates offense and defense that in a broad sense is not going to boo grappling nor wrestling. So I don't know that it much matters, but... Uh, this is my way of delaying to try to come up with an answer. I mean, to me, it's Florian Lozon too, like at whatever <laughs> advanced stage. But give me a little bit of time to think about it. I think Rob Font, you know, got to be a part of it. You know, Rob fucking Font right now. You know, Robbie fucking trot Robbie Font out there. I don't know. Kenny, what's the dream fight to headline Bring- in Boston? Bring McGregor back. Bring McGregor back. McGregor back to, to Boston. Uh, I mean, McGregor's going to sell out. You could put him anywhere. But... I mean, yeah. I think the Bostonians would would certainly love a, a McGregor return to the to the TD Garden, put yeah. him up against whoever he's going to coach against on tough. Is there are the rumors correct here? With with is it going to be him and Ferguson? Is that going to happen? That's who I want it to. What's that, going that's on? who I want it to be. I think mean, I think it's Ferguson or Chandler. Pretty clearly, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, Chandler. Yeah. Yeah, I don't dive too much into the Ultimate Fighter rumors, boys. We're producing and uh, hosting the Anakin Forum gotcha. podcast here today. Tough rumors. No, no. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into no, it with Bilal, right? And Gilbert, I believe. There's been some back and okay. forth. Maybe Colby Covington. I mean, for me, it's like my dream matchup for Boston or any other city is Hamza Chimaev versus Colby Covington. 
Now, I think it stands to reason that our dear friend Bilal is going to fight one of those two guys, right? But I'm literally on the record dating to December 12th, 2020. I've said this three years now that that's my dream fight, Colby and Kamzat. So lock the door behind them already. I love that. That's a good one. What's up, Cody? Just violence. I mean, if I was Peter Murray or Don Davis, you know, what I'm doing is Jake Paul versus somebody, Francis Ngannou versus somebody, and Kenny Florian versus whoever they want. On the pay-per-view, give Kenny the pay-per-view points because he's selling the tickets. I mean, who says no, right? <laughs> yeah. They, they just need to pay for my back replacement. I'm yeah, all in. Yeah, back is just going to prevent Let's that go. scenario. I would, though, if I were those guys that Cody speaks of, lock Kenny up to a Tom Brady-like long-term broadcasting contract before the UFC comes to call and try to get him back. Well, so I don't know how it's going to impact his jiu-jitsu. But they're going to fight in those um, Zorb things, those like inflatable circles that you can wear or in those like stupid <laughs> costumes so that the right. impact will be a little bit blunted for Kenny. It'd be great. Yeah. I look like I have one of those costumes on right now. Um, so I don't want to bring the program down, but I uh, just wanted to say like condolences to all the bloody elbow folks that got laid off, you know, unceremoniously, you know, bloody elbow. You never want to see anybody in the industry lose jobs because we're all in the same sport. So I just wanted to draw some attention to that. Thank you for acknowledging them. That's a site that a lot of us have gone to over the years. I remember visiting that site really early on in my days covering mixed martial arts and, uh, yeah, it's about the people more than anything else, you know, Crooklyn and everybody else. So shout out to those individuals for sure. Uh, so opening line from DK Sportsbook, uh, Burns versus Masvidal. Care to venture a guess? I would say Ooh. Gilbert Dorino Burns is minus 190. Kenny? Yeah. Um, I'd maybe a little less, oh, minus 175. I'm going to do the little uh, <sighs> Price is Right move. What do you Burns got? Burns is minus 500 on DK Sportsbook. Whoa! Get out of here. Plus four hundred early line. Damn! That no belief in Jorge. So wow. I mean, I don't do this for a living. I just wow. don't understand how how Gilbert, by virtue of submitting Neil Magny, is a bigger betting favorite over Masvidal than Magny. I mean, Masvidal is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Time off. No? Damn. Yeah, layoffs, right, and layoffs H, for sure. And again, though, when they set a betting line, right, ultimately they are trying to draw two-way action, right? And so if people listen to this and think it's blasphemous that Jorge Masvidal is plus 400, then people in theory would bet that price and that would force the sports book to make an adjustment. But right now, seemingly, they're getting two-way action or not getting a ton of action on Burns at that price, but that is – uh pretty stunning and i actually i thought i was maybe lowballing it a little bit but minus 500 wow yeah that's nuts wow. future betting opportunity to make up some points kenny there you go uh yeah, right. Pineda versus asanya too the odds are out what do you have that handicapped at i think we talked about kenny we felt like asanya was going to be a slight favorite for that rematch maybe minus 140 or so or at least that would be my expectation i don't know yeah yeah, I, I think Pereira will probably come in as 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 a favorite. Um, maybe, geez, let's go with minus minus one sixty five or something. So before you get in there, right? And I know we got to go. So I think about a Kenny as the better in me, right? And obviously, I can't bet on mixed martial arts. But if there's a plus right. number next to Adesanya, I think that gets absolutely hammered. 
So Kenny suggested mm-hmm. that Adesanya be like plus 135 or whatever. And something like that. I think yeah. he gets absolutely hammered at that price. What 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 is it? So today it's Adesanya minus 155 against Pereira wow. plus 135. <laughs> Kenny, killing the game over here. <laughs> well, I just sometimes if I think about it reciprocally and I think, well, wait a second. Right. Like, and I don't know which way you would bet that right now. Forced to choose. Right. Um because yeah. I don't see a ton of value on Izzy at minus one fifty five, but right, I think it stands to reason that both guys are better. I don't know. Interesting. Wow. Uh, dangerous from else? A, I was just going to dangerous from an Adesanya perspective. I mean, if he goes out there and does a cannoneer fight, and there's people walking out of the arena, but then he gets his title back, it's like you know, diminishing returns in a bit of a way, right? Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I just hope it's in Miami. Okay, so last point is uh, so Kenny, you said the. Your family owns the sport, formerly the Space Center, right? And hooks it. Yeah, right. yeah, it is the space. Yeah, okay, it's yeah. not Block Party Social. They didn't rebrand. It is. All right, it so is. that's at yeah, uh, Fifty One yeah, Zapora Drive in Hooks, New Hampshire. If any of your seven <laughs> Anik Flooring Podcast listeners in New Hampshire want to go down there for a good time, <laughs> but that's it's ironically next to Trek Bicycles. So if you need a fifty speed, baby, ha! <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Oh, all right. Coming up this Thursday on the Anakin Florian podcast channel, a new episode of Remember the Show with Bilal Muhammad and Jason Anik. Also Thursday on the DraftKings YouTube channel and repurposed on the AF channel will be my conversations with Bilal Muhammad and also Florida's MMA head coach, the General Safe Saud. Ken Flo might join us for those. So that'll be a full power hour. And depending on, on Ken Flo's schedule, he'll be with us. Don't forget. Anakin Florian Podcast merchandise is yours on our website, AnakinFlorianPodcast.com. You can find the one more sleep Brazil designs like this and also designs for most cities we have been to at millions.co. Just search John Anik and Kenny Florian Martial Arts.com for all of your grappling and jujitsu needs. Thank you to our guests today, Ray Longo and Brian Petrie. We look forward to being back with you in a few days as we continue this 2023 for the ages with two episodes a week of the Anakin Florian Podcast. Thanks to our executive producer, Cody Merrill. For Ken Florian, John Anik, thank you all for telling your friends, for listening, for watching. Hit that subscribe button. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you in a few days. Until then, you'll live.